My name is J.J. Johnson. I am the creator and executive producer of Dino Dana, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready. It's time to hop aboard for another exciting episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 463 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have an Emmy-winning producer, he is also the creator of Dino Dana on Amazon Prime, and he also in the past has done Dino Dan, and he's got more coming our way. We're going to find out all about it. J.J. Johnson is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, so stick around for that. We're going to have a great show coming your way, and we get a lot of information coming your way about remakes, sequels, and, of course, new movies. Get ready. It's time for Remake Madness. Try again. Remake Madness. It looks like Universal is remaking Van Helsing. It seems they just did that one, but uh, they're remaking it. And this time around, they're looking for a younger lead, possibly Channing Tatum. And the remake of Spawn from 1997 is finally getting a go-ahead. The production house behind the Purge movies and Insidious films is behind it now. And the writer of The Conjuring 2 is writing the next remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's no release date on that one yet, but we'll keep you informed. That's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. Ben Stiller, he's back in the news. He's working on a new film called Chippendales, which is being described as part Magic Mike, of course, and part Scarface. And it looks like Ray Romano has joined the cast of Martin Scorsese's organized crime film, The Irishman. And shooting begins next month. And you can look for Blake Lively to star in the rhythm section. It's a spy thriller from the producers of the James Bond films. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City, the script for Wonder Woman 2 has begun. Not surprisingly, it is also on the fast track to take advantage of the popularity of the first installment. It 2 is already in the works and moving along quickly. Stephen King's It comes our way on September 8th. And the Disney princesses will all be part of Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. And it hits theaters on November 21st. 2018 
That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what do you say we take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, we got a lot of things coming your way on September 12th. This is Us, the complete first season will arrive on DVD. The Goldbergs, the complete fourth season, will be landing in stores on DVD on September 12th. And season one and season two of 1964's Flipper will come our way on Blu-ray and DVD on August 29th. And I have the DVD right here in my greasy little palms. Uh, the Carol Burnett Show, The Best of Harvey Corman, will be hitting uh, stores on August 1st. Be sure to check that one out. It's, uh, I've had a chance to see a couple of those. We'll look at them, and uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's hilarious. you just got to get it. And that's it. That is it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> Movies coming your way on DVD October 10th. The Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, will sail onto Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD with Johnny Depp. And on September 12th, The Mummy with Tom Cruise will be hitting stores. And on September 26th, Mandy Moore arrives in 47 meters down on Blu-ray and DVD and digital HD. That's it for Movies on DVD next on On Screen and Beyond. TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Tom Welling, known as Superman on Smallville, remember him, has joined the cast of Lucifer, and 2018 will bring Krypton to the Sci-Fi Channel. It will look at the life of Superman's planet before Superman and before Krypton's destruction. And John Hurd, known for his role as the dad on Home Alone, has passed at the age of 72. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake If you get a tummy ache And you moan and groan and woe Don't forget we told you so Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Celebrity Birthdays. It looks like on uh, July 26, Sandra Bullock turned... 53, and Mick Jagger turned 74, and on July 27th, it was Meyer Randolph turning 45. July 28th, it was Lori Laughlin turning 53 of Full House, remember her? And on July 29th, it was Will Wheaton, and he's going to be turning 45. On July 30th, Arnold Schwarzenegger turns 70, and July 31st, Rico Rodriguez, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 19. And on August 1st, Coolio turns 54, and Jason Momoa, he turns 38. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, let's see. We have Anna T. of Louisville, Kentucky, turning 48 on July 28th. And Jack S. of Melbourne, Australia, he's going to be turning 58 on July 30th. And we wish you all a very happy birthday. And if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, send the information to me at feedback at onscreentobeyond.com. We will all be wishing you a very happy birthday all over the world, all the listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. So we want to uh, thank you for the, those that have been sending in, and we hope that you'll be sending yours in so we can all wish you a very happy birthday. So um, that's it. That's where you send it to. Well, 
That's it. That is it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, J.J. Johnson is going to be joining us. He's a Emmy-winning producer and the creator of Dino Dana, which is now on Amazon Prime. And also, he in the past has done Dino Dan and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to find out all about it. It's all coming up next right here. J.J. Johnson right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is the Emmy-winning producer and creator of Dino Dana, which premiered last month on Amazon Prime. He also created many other TV shows, including Dino Dan. In 2015, he was nominated three times in the same category for an Emmy. It's J.J. Johnson. J.J., welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, J.J., <laughs> three times... In the same category. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, uh, honestly, we had, I think the year before, we had been nominated for one Emmy, which basically shut the office down. We were so elated. <laughs> sure. And then that year, it was it was something ridiculous, like, um, I think we got like 11 or something, and, and I was uh, fortunate enough to get three directing noms in um, the directing category for kids uh, for three different sinking ship shows. So it was for Androids, Odd Squad, and Dino Dan. Uh, so, I mean, it was, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just kind of overwhelming because I, I think sometimes when you're making shows, you're kind of existing in your own little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, you know, you're hoping that people are seeing it and responding to it, but you never really know. And so to get that kind of, um, I mean, uh, for us, it's like the, the highest uh, award you can get in your field was um, I, I, literally, I, words can't describe. I'm sure. Jeez. Now, uh, you know, is your ultimate goal to just block everybody else out, and just, <laughs> and you guys are guaranteed to win in, by one of you know one of your shows? <laughs> well, there was one other group, and uh, you know, I was like, this will be sweet justice if I win, uh, lose against myself in those categories. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, to some degree, I think we. Uh, kind of dance around to our own tune. You know, we're not we're not a money focused company, so we don't tend to make uh, toyetic style shows or shows that revolve around vehicles or trying to sell figurines. Mm -hmm. uh, we're legitimately trying to make shows that are progressive and interesting and speak up to the audience. So, you know, to some degree, uh, I feel like we're in we're in our own little box. Um, and that's why when you step out and kind of, um, you know, get recognized by your peers, it just uh, means a lot. I'm sure. Jeez. Now, uh, like I said in the introduction, that uh, Dino Dana premiered on Amazon Prime back in, what, May 26th, I think it started, yep. uh, was the date. And um, uh, how, how's that going? Everything's amazing. I mean, the, the thing that's great about being on Amazon for us is that we can uh, look at the comments that people are posting, and it's, mm -hmm. it's such a you know visceral way to see how people are responding. And obviously, this is the first season that features a little girl as a lead, and you know we knew that our audience was always there, whether it was a boy or a girl. But to see people posting that are like, you know, my daughter was a big fan of Dino Dan and Dino Dan Trek's Adventures and squealed with delight when she saw that a little girl was going to be the lead. And then at the same time to have parents say, my two sons love this show, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it just means a great deal. And I, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, was, I um, had a conversation with someone that was doing a, a research report on bias. 
and they were looking at when bias really starts to pre- present itself. And, and one of the things is that it starts presenting at kids uh, at an early age, and it's something that's kind of learned. And I think when you see, when you you know, when you don't see uh, yourself represented on TV. Um, doing things that you think you should be doing, it it kind of turns you against it. So for little girls to see a young girl paleontologist who wants to be a scientist, and for boys to see that, it means that it's something that they can aspire to be. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're just proud that we can put that um, kind of role model out there. Yeah. Now, when you were growing up, was, uh, you know, you've done two shows now in Dinosaurs. Uh, is that something that you were interested in, or, or is it just that your company came up with uh, or I don't know if they came up with it or somebody presented it to you or how. Did yeah. So uh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but uh, the first show that uh, I ever made was a series called This Is Daniel Cook, which was a show that followed a six-year-old boy around as he tried different adventures. Uh, and I kind of uh, met Daniel after school, and uh, you know was just lucky that this show came to be. And so when I met Daniel on the first day, he said that he wanted to be a paleontologist, and he wanted to be that because. Um, he described, how did he say it, that grown-ups hadn't discovered everything yet, and so as a paleontologist, he could find a new dinosaur. And then we do this show, and he does 130 episodes trying different jobs, and at the end, he's like, I still want to be a paleontologist. And so when I was talking to him about what show we should do next, he was like, you should do a dinosaur show, but you should do real dinosaurs, not dinosaurs that talk or you know, talk mm-hmm. about their feelings or sharing and caring. Uh, and so that's what we endeavored to do. It was it was to do a show about dinosaurs the way that kids like dinosaurs, and they like them because they're big and scary, and um, they attack each other, and it's fantastical and huge. And so we try to uh, put that out there. It's you know at the core, these are shows about kids who love di- who love dinosaurs so much that they imagine them into the real world. Um, and when they do that, you know they're never in danger, but they're certainly watching these creatures. Um, in in how they lived and how they survived and how they fought each other um, to exist, uh, and so it's a, it's a little different than I think some of the shows that you see out there, mm-hmm. uh, in that they're treated with uh, as authentic as we possibly can. Yeah, well, obviously the kids uh, and and I'm sure some adults are you know sitting with their kids and watching the shows, uh, but it it seems to be connecting with them because obviously your shows have been stay staying on for a long time so it's something that uh, they are interested in well uh, i i hope uh, that it's it's because it it does tonally feel different than what's out there i mean the the biggest compliment we got was um no, I might be wrong, but I think it was two years ago, Dan or Dan Trek's Adventures won the Emmy against Sesame Street uh, in the preschool category, which is the first time that Sesame Workshop, uh, the company behind Sesame, had ever lost in that category since that category was created. Wow. And so it was, like, you know, it, was a, it was a big deal for us. I think we were all shell-shocked for a couple months afterwards. I'm sure. But again, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different way of reaching out to kids. Our goal is always to get kids excited about the real world, and to do that... Um, we want them to see the real world. So these are live action shows. Obviously, we're using CG to kind of highlight them, but we're, you know, we're, I, I think to some degree, um, shows tend to talk down to kids. And I just think they're so much smarter and more sophisticated than we give them credit for. And so in this show, we talk about everything. We talk about biology and how they lived and evolution and, uh, you know, and, and really kind of get to the core of what life is. And I, and I think those big subjects are things that kids are really fascinated by. Now, when you actually start the shows before, I mean, in the, in the infant stages of it, the, the development of it, do you actually bring kids in and give them a, like a, a run through of what it is, or, you know, to get their reaction or? 
I don't. I, uh, <clears throat> I personally don't tend to, and it's only because um, we're we're fortunate that we are constantly working with kids, and I'm directing a lot on our shows, and so I'm constantly with kids, and I'm seeking out their feedback. So I would say that we do informal testing, um, in that I'm gauging their thoughts about everything that we do. Uh, but I don't. I don't tend to do formal um, tests because I. I think sometimes. Uh, you can research yourself out of a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, on this one, there was a big fear that um, kids found dinosaurs scary. This is when we initially pitched the idea uh, that, you know, kids found dinosaurs scary and wouldn't want to watch this show and we'd be petrified by it. And then uh, I, I did go into schools for that moment to kind of just get some thoughts from kids. And, and not, you know, 90, 99% of them said that they um, dinosaurs were scary, and that's why they loved them. You know, it was like we love dinosaurs because they're big and scary. And so it was just like it was a big inversion and, and an eye-opener for me to be like, you know, like just, you know, why, why do they like these things? Uh, they don't, I don't think, want to hear, you know, see dinosaurs talking to each other and about, you know, sharing and caring and mm-hmm. thoughtfulness. <laughs> I think they want to see them because they're these big, wild creatures. Like I think about, for me, when I think about the show, I think about the kid that's, you know, four years old or five years old and has only been on the planet for a couple of years. And one day someone's like, oh, by the way, there were these giant prehistoric creatures that roamed the planet and they were the size of two school buses. And then one day an asteroid from space came and crashed into the planet and wiped them all out. And now we find their bones and we put them in museums and let's go see them. Like it's such a mind bending moment. For kids, and I think you know that's that's what we want this show to live up to is just how fantastical that is, uh, and how cool that that actually happened. Yeah. Now, this isn't your first time coming up with ideas for shows. You've been doing this. Uh, uh, not, I don't want to say you've been doing it a long, long time. Make it sounds like you know, you're sure. you're still young. I mean, yeah. you know, but uh, I mean, you know, you've come up with a lot of shows over the years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're up to something like 15 different series now. Uh, we've been around since 2004, so 13 years. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's the greatest audience to uh, create for. I mean, I just think uh, kids are kind of perfect people that are sponges for information and love learning and um, are open to so many ideas, and so they're they're kind of like the world's greatest fans and so to to be able to create for them is uh you know richly fulfilling Mm -hmm. and uh, looking over your bio and everything when i was getting prepared for the show uh i noticed that uh, you had a show called giver yep and you made 34 playgrounds (laughs) that show it's a it's a nightmare to make but i love the end (laughs) result uh that's a show where kids have six kids have three days to work with their community to refurbish or build a playground from scratch, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those ones where uh, you know communities don't have the resources to buy a pre-made playground, which can run anywhere from three hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand dollars a playground. Wow. So we work with local craftspeople and uh, woodworkers, and we and we build this stuff. And it's these incredible parks that speak to their local communities. Uh, and what's awesome afterwards is that, you know, we get these letters from the mayor saying that where a playground or a park, an empty space was not used at all, suddenly there's a great sense of community. And one of the things that we found, and it was actually supported by research after the fact, was that when communities feel an ownership in, in a communal space, they look after it more. And so mm-hmm. the giver kids would create 
groups to make sure that they would clean up the graffiti as soon as it happened or if there was trash and they started to kind of um, supervise it a little bit more. And so the community really took ownership of those spaces. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a project that's like near and dear to my heart. It was just, um, you know, three days to build a playground is, is always a tall order. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's such a great show because, you know, one, you're getting kids involved and, and letting them learn, you know, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sh- sure they were excited just to be doing it and, you know, to see what they came up with and how proud they were of it, like you said. And also it's helping people. So it's, it, it, it's the greatest. And we, and we, you know, like I have a high appreciation for kids' abilities. And so they were using chainsaws and uh, power tools and, you know, obviously under supervision, but they were amazing. Like watching a kid pick up a nail gun or weld for the first time, and one little girl was like, I suddenly realized what I want to do. I want to be a welder. I mean, it's just just giving them the space and the trust uh, to do those kind of things. And I think it's, to some degree, something that's been lost a little bit. Like I think about when I was a kid, which was in the 80s, I think we had just a lot more freedom and kind of openness to try stuff and, and, you know, that you might get hurt, but you're going to learn from that. Uh, And I think we've drifted a bit, and I think that that can be uh, in its own way dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a really neat, neat uh, show to do because it's just so much. uh, It's not just sitting there watching something. You're you're involved with it. So that's a... That's great. That was... you know, I mean, TVs, I love TV, but, you know, to some degree you create something and it kind of lives outside. To have something physical, you know, I, I could see how architects and engineers, uh, the sense of accomplish, accomplishment they must feel when they've built something, because it's just, just to see something that's going to exist there for, you know, a long period of time is... Uh, incredibly rewarding right yeah and even more so for the kids i mean their minds were blown every time i'm sure yeah now looking back when you were just a a youngster growing up uh what were you thinking that someday i'm going to be doing tv or or, you know what were you like as a kid yeah i mean i i uh, grew up in a very small town uh in ontario uh and so i uh didn't see a future very far beyond my, you know, town border. Uh, and so I lived a lot through TV, you know, shows like Star Trek that uh, certainly opened my mind up to uh, the universe and how incredible that was. And then shows like Roseanne, which were shows that uh, probably one of the few shows that kind of reflected what my family looked like. Um, and so, you know, I think those are those are touchstones that have followed me through. I mean, one of the things that we try to do on all of our shows is, um, in addition to showing um, gender diversity and ethnic diversity, is to also show economic diversity. I'm, I'm not a fan of every kid on every show being wealthy or studying on a cruise ship or living in a mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, that, you know, our kids don't have uh, tons of money available, and so they use their imaginations or their creativity to create play. I love that Dana uh, in Dino Dana lives in a triplex, so she's got neighbors above and below her. Like, a, a, you know, it's just those kind of things that I think kid, so many kids live with. Right. Yeah. Um, that that's so important to see. Otherwise, you think that everyone is is loaded with money, and that your greatest concern should be buying your next, you know, pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that I think I took from my childhood. I, I spent a lot of time exploring junkyards and and things like and sewer systems. Right. Uh, and so, I think that's kind of infused in shows like Androids as well, which is you know just a, just a little bit more. 
freedom for kids and also not a fear of other people. Um, you know, like a, and maybe that's small town, but I just find that uh, kids from a very young age are taught to be afraid of everyone, and I, uh, I just don't think that's true. I Absolutely, I think you should be cautious, but I also don't think you want to um, turn your back to the world. Right, yeah. yeah. So when did you start going into the direction of getting into the entertainment business? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was high school um, where I was making school videos for every project, and, and I, I think what I realized was that um, I wanted to go into a field where I could jump from subject to subject and that I wouldn't be doing necessarily the same thing every day. And so what I love about my job now is that I get to you know, create worlds effectively where we're going to talk about science and we're going to do it with androids and, and have this you know, sweeping world and massive story arc, or we're going to talk about dinosaurs for a year, or we're going to do spies with Odd Squad and you know, work together to come up with crazy gadgets and things. It's just, it's just getting to kind of um, dip, in, dip your toe into a world for a year and then come up with something entirely different. Mm-hmm. Now, you also direct and write some or not not necessarily all the shows, but many of the shows, correct? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. So you, you, you're wearing many hats <laughs> in, in these shows. Yeah, I think uh, part of that was uh, motivated by we just had so little money in the beginning that we kind of had to do everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, but what I liked is, like, you know, I hope... Uh, people can see from like Dino Dan, which was that started eight years ago, to Trek's Adventures to Dino Dana, that we've just gotten better and better with the storytelling and how we integrate the animation, even just the animation. I think I hope audiences can see the growth from season one to three. Uh, we're tr- constantly trying to challenge ourselves to just be better at what we do, um, and I, you know, I, I hope that we're improving. But part of that is to, you know, do the work. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I love directing. I love working with uh, actors and, and, you know, kind of taking what you wrote and seeing it come to fruition is just such a cool feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can hear it in your voice that, that you really enjoy what you're doing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I don't know what else I could do now, sadly. I don't think I have any other <laughs> skills save for this because it's just – it's just so playful, and um, I work with my friends. Like you know, the, my business partners here are people that I went to university with, uh, and kids just don't have a lot of ego. And so on set, um, where occasionally we've had an adult actor come out that has you know a little bit of attitude mm-hmm. or something, we just don't experience that on a day to day. We just have these really funny, ridiculous personalities. I call them like wonderful weirdos because they're just so varied and bizarre. Yeah. Um, but they make every day worth it. And then when you think that maybe. Somewhere out there, you're inspiring a kid to become a scientist or get interested in a subject that maybe they weren't otherwise interested in. I just, you know, I, I don't know what else could feel as fulfilling. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, maybe you can't tell us, but is there anything that you guys have in the works as far as uh, new programs? Or yeah, I mean, uh, well, the next thing that uh, we hope to be able to announce soon is uh, a new series that's for a little bit of an older audience. It's for eight to twelve year olds. 
Um, and, you know, the one subject that I've wanted to address for a long time is the environment, but not, um, you know, kind of your classic reduce, reuse, recycle, but something that, um, you know, deals with extinction and loss of species. Uh, and so this will be a series that's set slightly in the future, um, has certainly uh, grand, fantastical elements, but it's about four kids who are looking to save the world and, and the universe. And so it's, it's probably our most complicated show to make. Uh, the other thing that I realize, and I love all of the characters that we have in our shows, but they're kind of all perfect people. And if they have, like, um, a foible, it's, it's something that's endearing or helps them. And so this new show uh, has four kids that are um, in, a, in a foster home, effectively. And so they've all each got, you know, intrinsic hurts. And I think that, you know, a lot of kids growing up have challenges that they don't necessarily see reflected on TV. And part of, I think, the way that we get beyond our challenges that we have growing up is to find your purpose. I certainly found a purpose in my life. Uh, and so I think being able to feel something outside yourself that feels greater than you or, or the things that you're dealing with is, is something that we hope to inspire with this show. Hopefully that's, like, vague enough to be interesting, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it, but it's certainly one that um, will be our most daunting to produce. Wow. Sounds good. Yeah. Now, circling back to what we started talking sure. about, um, how many Emmys are you going to be shooting for this season? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any is great. Uh, we're, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's so uh, – we have so many uh, team members here that work extremely hard – uh, that have been recognized, like especially like our effects teams who come up with different dinosaur sounds and are combining like six different animals to create them. For them to get recognition is, is great. So there are a few people, particularly our actors, who I would love to uh, get a nomination and win. Um, but it's just, it's just a blast. Last year we went down with like 35 of our staff, uh, and it was, I mean, we just had a blast regardless of winning or not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do everything on the show in-house or, or do you have animation companies that do some of the work for we, you? Or? We do do it all. Uh, wow. it's, it's partly that I think, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, we're, um, a bit controlling and don't work well with others, <laughs> but it's, you know, I think, um, you improve by getting to have a shorthand with your team and to be all on the same page. Yeah. You're getting uh, what you want. Yeah, well, it's that, and, and like we're not, a, we're we're just not money focused, and so we're focused on creating great things. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that we're not like money responsible, but uh, I I'm not a fan of money. I don't like that it what it prevents you from doing. And so when you can have a team whose sole mission is to create something that no one else has seen, uh, that's a galvanizing mission. I don't want to deal with someone that you know is charging me for their overhead and profit and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I want people to be focused on how to make something special. Yeah. Wow. So, now, J.J., uh, I want to finish up with two final questions. Sure. All right? It's going to take us away from all your shows, all the things you've done in the past, all your Emmys and everything. But um, uh, when you sit back and relax, what do you watch on TV? What's your favorite shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Um, great question. <laughs> I would say, um, I mean, certainly, like, the past, growing up, uh, movies that had like an indelible moment on me would be movies like The Labyrinth or The NeverEnding Story. Mm -hmm. I also had older siblings, so my brother is six years older than me, so I would 
inadvertently kind of watched the things that he was watching. And one of the uh, movies that I watched very young, like at eight or nine, was Aliens, the second uh. Alien movie, <laughs> uh, which which honestly has probably affected me the most. Like the the Ripley character is is probably the baseline for all of our girl leads mm-hmm. uh, just because I thought like it it just blew my mind to see someone that was kind of so heroic mm-hmm. um, so so those certainly had an impact on me I mean movies now that would have I don't have a lot of time to watch things so um, but I would say like it's anything I saw um, oh my gosh why can't I think of the name it was that one uh, with the alien ships that came down and um, it's like Contact, but it's a newer version. Oh, uh, uh, oh, shoot! I know, <laughs> I know. Which with one Amy you... Adams in it? Yes. Um, um, oh, The Arrival. The Arrival. Yes. I mean, that one was like those movies I love so much because it's anything that is ahead of me, and and when it kind of all came together, anything that like I I I. I I call it like it blows your mind open a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what I think sci-fi does so well. And I think it's why it's it's a touchstone that we go back to in all of our shows is that, you know, it, it gives you this way to look back at humanity and kind of ask bigger questions and who we are and our place and uh, you know about time and existence and and that movie. Uh, certainly did that for me uh, on like a grand scale. So so that's that's certainly one that. Um, is one that I've enjoyed as of late. Yeah. Yeah. What about TV? TV, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, my wife and I watch uh, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt just because it's it's just ridiculously funny, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes to unwind at the end of a shoot day, a comedy is the best thing. Yeah. Uh, and again, as a kid, like uh, Roseanne and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation were just, I don't know, I just, I couldn't believe it, like especially because Roseanne was so iconic of its time. Just to see a family that had challenges and they lost their jobs and stuff just really hit home for me. And I think was a reminder as I'm in a position now to create shows that it's just incredibly important for kids to see themselves accurately reflected on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when they don't, I think it, it it just makes the world more lonely for them. Yeah. Well, JJ, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us and taking the time. It's been a pleasure having you here, and uh, I thank you very much. Thank you so much. And a big thank you going out to JJ Johnson for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. If you have some kids or grandkids and you want them to watch something that's good for them, check out Dino Dana. It's on Amazon Prime. And it's a lot of fun, so get the whole family around and watch something and then talk about it. You know, it's a good show. So uh, check that out, Dino Dana on Amazon Prime. And once again, like I said, thank you for J.J. Johnson for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And let's see, next week we've got some things coming your way. Hopefully we'll get to that. Uh, There's some other things going on too, but we will try to get you through another episode of On Screen and Beyond. We are slowly working our way up to episode 500. Boy, it's getting closer and closer all the time. If you have a suggestion that you'd like to uh, send to me, it helps me out, believe me, because uh, we've done 463 episodes of this, and we've had over over that amount of guests because sometimes we've had two and uh, it's getting harder and harder to find the uh, people because uh, I'm running out of ideas here. <laughs> so we need your help and you can send your suggestions to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com uh, or if you're a celebrity who's listening to this, send me an email. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. 
And also, uh, let's see if, uh, you know, yeah, just just tell a friend. Tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Get the news out. And uh, we are going to continue and keep giving you these interesting people to listen to, people that you've probably seen on TV all your life or in movies all your life or music or whatever. Be sure to uh, go back in our rerun section and uh, tell the friends to listen to all those episodes. You've probably listened to a lot of you who who email me constantly uh, a lot of times. And, uh, you know, you've been around for a long time, so you've heard a lot of the episodes. But a lot of people are coming in new, and they're uh, emailing me and telling me, you know, wow, you, you had this person on, you know, and it's they're all there. They're still waiting for you. And, you know, of course, you can get them on iTunes. Leave us a mess, uh, not a message, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> leave us a review. That's right. If you are on iTunes, and uh, be sure to like us on Facebook. And uh, like I said, most of all, tell a friend, get the news out about On Screen and Beyond. All right. Thank you very much for that. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week on On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.